Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast. For Wednesday, August the 3rd, this is your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about a different form of counterparty risk. When we speak about counterparty risk, we're usually talking about the balance sheet. One person's asset is another person's liability. The quality of the asset is strictly linked to the ability to service the liability. But this is a second form of counterparty risk that's often not talked about in the same terms. This form of counterparty risk applies to the income statement. One person's income is another person's expense. If one party can't afford to pay the expenses, then the second party's income is at risk. This leads to the question of which assets have the greatest income risk in this stagflation environment. And on today's show, I'm going out on a limb to talk about three different asset types that I believe are most at risk in the current market conditions. These are asset classes that I would be careful about owning in the next few years. The first is office. Office is oversupplied in many, many markets. The combination of pandemic-induced remote work combined with the economic downturn means that office space as an asset class is going to underperform most other forms of real estate. There will be a few bright spots in office, specifically medical and other forms of healthcare. The second form of real estate that's oversupplied at the moment is industrial warehousing. Many companies are oversupplied in this asset type, particularly as they move to reduce inventories. That's going to translate into weakness in this asset type over the next few years. In residential, I will question whether you want to own C-class apartment properties specifically in this upcoming downturn. We're clearly in a stagflationary environment. You can think of inflation as a tax. It's a hidden tax that's invisible. By debasing the currency, the government doesn't need to live within its means. They can devalue the debt that they've issued by printing money, and they have really no intention of ever repaying it. That is to say, the original value of the debt will never get repaid. It's a game of bait and switch. The debt will get repaid numerically, but the future dollars are worth far less than today's dollars. Food prices have increased by some accounts as much as 30%, despite the government claim of 10%. Fuel prices have increased 40%. Housing prices have increased 37% in many markets over the past two years. Nationwide, wages are only up by 5%. Eventually, things might equalize, but for now, the lowest rungs on the economic ladder are likely to suffer the most. Those at the top of the economic ladder can withstand this bout of inflation. They have the means and the smarts to invest and come out on top. They also can spend from savings and still survive for a long time. Those at the bottom and in the middle will suffer the most. So you want to pay close attention to who your customers are. If your customers suffer, then they will have less disposable income, which means by extension that you will suffer along with them by being directly connected economically to them. Your revenue is their expense. The most recent economic reports for the month of June show that durable goods orders remain strong throughout the month. The politicians point to these statistics to show how strong the economy is. But these orders are being buoyed by high-income people who are displaying inflation-fighting behavior by buying high-value goods before they go up further in price. This is a false strength. It's actually a sign of inflationary consumer behavior. It's what happens in inflationary times. The financial asset bubble over the past few years has caused cap rate compression, which means that lower quality assets have been bid up in price by those in search of yield. The problem with C-class apartments is that their income is limited. The expenses are increasing faster than the rent is increasing in the short term. Even if the law permits you to raise the rent, there's a limit to the extent to which you can raise rent. 
above a threshold, your tenants simply no longer have the ability to pay. Raising rent will precipitate an increase in either real vacancy or economic vacancy, and I'm not sure which one's worse. This next period will be unlike any other we've experienced in recent memory. In economic upheaval, those with the weakest financial situation are always the ones to suffer the most, so the landlords of those people will be the ones to suffer the soonest. Eventually, inflation will cause wages to increase and the debt will get washed away, but you don't want to get upside down in the process. The fact is, there's numerous moving parts in the economy. Economists are trying to infer behavior from looking backwards at the data, but the behavior is best determined by looking forward from the data and using common sense. Why are cell phone manufacturers already reporting dropping sales? Well, it's because cell phones are lower down in the hierarchy of needs. There's next to no growth in cell phone adoption at this stage. It's purely a replacement market. Whoever wants a smartphone already has one. Do they need a better camera in their phone, or do they need to fill the tank in their 4x4 truck? I've never lost money in A-class or B-class rental properties, but I'd be most concerned with owning properties where the tenants are at the bottom of the economic ladder. Today's show is a warning. It's a caution. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.